Thank you for joining us once again for Kingdom Rock Radio. Now here's a sample of today's broadcast. If we're living in the world, if we're living in the world's peace, we're saying, oh my God, something bad's going to happen. It's going too good. It's going too smooth. Something is going to happen. Well, what, why, why are we thinking that? Because we're standing on the world's peace. That's a good indication that you're standing on the peace of the world. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org. Now sit back, relax, and enjoy the rich word of God. John 14. John 14. And uh, we're going to speak from the subject of maintaining your peace or maintain your peace. The Lord says, maintain your peace, maintain your peace. It was my desire on last week, about seven days ago to get back into our notes uh, from our last session. I say again, that was my desire to do that. But the Lord takes me further, takes us further and he tells us a word, maintain your peace. The Bible says uh, very clearly, the Lord Jesus talks about the last days and how in the last days, men's hearts will fail them because of fear. Fear about what's coming upon the earth. Fear. There's so much going on now. So much distress in the land due to, due to the economy, due to uh, homelessness and due to uh, diseases and earthquakes and pestilence and there's so much going on in the land right now and the Lord says maintain your peace as a matter of fact out of all the things that we are guarding right now we are guarding our money we are guarding our health we are guarding um, guarding our businesses and ministries and so forth and so on but the Lord didn't tell us to guard any of that. There's one thing he did tell us to guard, and that was to guard your heart. Guard your heart, for out of it are the issues of life, or come the issues of life. If you guard your heart, you'll guard the peace. We're going to show you tonight uh, what the Lord says about guarding your peace. We want every word to be founded on the word of God so that you may go forth and be active in what the Lord has to say. Amen. And really apply that to your lives. So in John, the 14th chapter, let's look at this. John 14, let's look at verses 1, 2, and 3. We're really going to focus on verse 1. The Lord says here to his disciples, and he's saying to us today, Let not your heart be what? Troubled. Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. Now, typically, this verse is used a lot in funerals. Praise the Lord. But, but we're not at a funeral today, amen? But the word of God still stands true. He tells us, let not your heart be troubled. He said, you believe in God, believe also in me. Well, who is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God that was made manifest. 
And we're going to see tonight through several examples in Scripture that we enter into, or rather our hearts become fearful, become afraid when we get off of the word, when we stop looking at the unseen and when we start looking at the seen, when we, when we start looking at the temporal or the temporary and we, and instead of uh, looking at the eternal. This is when fear sets in. Now, the Bible says in 2 Corinthians, it says we walk by faith and not by sight. This is when fear comes in and fear will disrupt your peace. You can handle any given situation as long as you are abiding in peace, as long as you are abiding in peace and waiting upon the Lord. Daniel found, found that out as he was in the lion's den. Peace, waiting upon the Lord. And the Lord shut the mouths of the lion. I'm sure Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego understood that as they were facing that, the flames of the furnace. Peace, there was a, a peace over them. That the Lord would protect them and keep them even if they went into this furnace. A peace. Peace when uh, Paul and Silas were there locked in prison. They had to be at peace to pray and to sing unto the Lord. Peace. A peace came upon Paul when he was um, upon the ship uh, as a prisoner. And the ship was a rocking and a reeling. And, and they all knew that they were going to die. But Paul said, don't worry about it. We're going to lose our stuff. But we're going to all be saved. Peace. Peace in the midst of a storm. Storms are one thing in life that that none of us are exempt. I don't care how rich you are or or how broke we are or how many clothes you have and how many clothes you don't have. I don't care where you live. None of us are exempt from storms. And the Bible declares many are the afflictions of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth them out of them all. So we're all going to be going through something. But as you go through, we need to maintain our peace. David understood that as he said, as the Lord showed him, yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I mean, that was a terrible situation. I, yet I will fear no evil. What's happening there? Peace. Peace. I'm going through this terrible time. But as a saint of God, called of God, ordained of God, converted, we should be able to maintain our peace as you go through it. When we do not maintain our peace through the trial or the situation, we're going to make rash decisions. We're going to make uh, people unhappy around us. We're going to spend unnecessary money and all these other things. And we're going to try to bring uh, all things together. We're going to try our best to get out of it unless we have what? Peace. So tonight, the Father is going to show us how to maintain our peace. So first of all, we see here in John 14, chapter, the Lord says, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. Keep your focus on the word of God. What did he tell you? What did he tell you that he would do? Keep your focus on what he said. Remember, we walk by faith and not by sight. We walk in accordance to his word. We're not going to be moved in accordance to what we see, but we will be moved by accordance to uh, his word, what the Lord is saying to us. Now, notice those two words here. He says, let not, which means this is your part. 
let not, you have to let not your heart be troubled. The only way that's going to happen is that we're going to have to guard our heart against the things that we see, feel, and experience in this world today. All right. Also, in the same book of John, John 14, we're going to go down to verse 26. The Lord says, uh, but the comforter, which is the Holy Spirit, or rather the Holy Ghost here in King James, whom the Father will send in my name. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Listen to verse 27. Peace. Say peace. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled. He says it again in the same book, the same chapter. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Now notice what he says in 27 again. The Lord said, I leave you my peace. I love this because this is the New Testament, right? A testament or a testament is a will. So when you die and leave off the scene, you will leave, I pray, leave a will. And the things that you owned and operated here in the earth, you're going to leave it to somebody else after you're gone. Here we're reading in the Lord's New Testament, his will. And one of the things that he leaves you and that he left us in his will is his peace. Isn't that exciting? Isn't that thrilling? He bequeathed. That's right. He bequeathed. I can't say it a third time. He left us his peace. Are you with me? Say it. He left it to me. He said, peace I leave with you. Whose peace? My peace. Isn't that what your Bible says? My peace I give unto you. Not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Now, the world, the Lord saying here, the world has a sense of peace. Sure it does. When everything is fine, when all the money is there, when all the I's are dotted, all the T's are crossed, when all the bills are paid, when nobody's fooling with you at the moment, when you're not sick, you can have a sense of peace. But the world's peace is extremely fragile. It's extremely fragile. It's like you're standing on a little teeter-totter and, you know, you're hoping that something else doesn't blow up. As a matter of fact, when things are going well, when we're at a state of peace, we're looking around to see what's about to explode. If we're living in the world, if we're living in the world's peace, we're saying, oh, my God, something bad's going to happen. It's going too good. It's going too smooth. Something is going to happen. Well, what, why, why are we thinking that? Because we're standing on the world's peace. That's a good indication that you're standing on the peace of the world. The Lord said, I'm not going to, he said, uh, I'm not going to give you peace like the world gives you peace. The world's peace is always dependent upon the scene, upon the natural. It's always dependent on the money being there. It's dependent upon how people treat you. It's dependent upon whether you got the job. It always depends upon something else that you can see. But the Lord said, not so in, in my peace, because my peace will keep you in the midst of a storm. When everything is tearing up all around you, you can have peace. When they're lying on you and talking about you like a dog, you can still have peace. 
his peace far passes that. As a matter of fact, the Lord said, uh, his peace goes past your understanding. You can't understand why you're not freaking out right now. Oh, you should be going crazy. But they say, why are you so at peace? It's God. It ain't you. Are you with me? So the Lord said, I leave you peace. So we're going to have to draw on his peace. When things get rough, when things are not going the way they should be in the sighted realm, then we have to pull on the peace of the Lord. Pull on his peace. He left it to you. We pull on his peace. Amen. He says, and he says again, let not your heart be troubled. Neither let it be afraid. So here in verse 27, he adds that last phrase, neither let it be afraid. So our hearts can be troubled and it can be afraid all at the same time. Verse 28, it says, ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and, and come again unto you. If ye loved me, ye would rejoice because I said, I go unto the father for the father is greater than I. Now, I want you to notice something else about peace. Let's go to the book of uh, Philippians, uh, the fourth chapter. Uh, make a note of this. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verses six, seven and eight. Now, notice what it says here. Philippians, the fourth chapter, verse six, seven and eight. The Lord says here, be careful for nothing. In other words, don't worry about it. Stop worrying about this. Stop worrying about it. He says, be careful for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Now, I'm going to read that for you out of the Amplified Bible because I just love the way the Amplified Bible reads. Verse number six says, I've amplified, do not fret or have any anxious or rather, or rather have any anxiety about anything. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. But in every circumstance and in everything by prayer and petition, that is definite request with thanksgiving. Continue to make your wants known to God. It says when you're going through, actually this person is going through because the Lord tells us, first of all, don't worry about it. Don't be, don't fret. Anybody know anything about fretting? You fret, you worry. What does that mean? When we're fretting, we're worrying, our mind is running over stuff that could be happening, stuff that might happen, stuff that might be happening at the moment. I'm not going to have this. I'm not going to have that. Oh, this didn't work out right. Right. That didn't work out right. I didn't get the job. Oh, and your mind is just racing and your mind is building a tower of fear. You're building your own worst nightmare in your mind. Stuff that hasn't even happened yet. Stuff that might not happen. We're worrying about bills and debts that are due next month or next year or and all these other things. Our mind is building things up. And what are we doing? We're fretting. The Lord says, don't fret. He says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. I love that. About anything. He says, but in every circumstance, that's in your circumstance and in my circumstance, no matter what it is. And in everything, by prayer, here's, here's how we're going to handle it. Here's how we're going to guard our heart. 
by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Prayer. Talk to him about it. Talk to him about it. Lord, I'm having issues with this. Talk to him about it. He said, and supplication, King James says, or petition. That is making a definite request to him. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want. Be specific. Don't be vague. By petition. That when you go before a, a court and, you know, you have to enter a petition. You tell the judge what's happening, what's going on. I don't know a whole lot about it. My wife will tell you later. She's the attorney in the family. But I know when you have to make a definite something in the petition, you can't just go tell the judge, I want something here or there or another. You, you are, you have to be specific, right? So be specific in your prayer request as you uh, talk to Lord. Prayer, it says by prayer and petition. Now, it would seem like petition would be the same thing as prayer. Two separate things. By prayer and petition. Say prayer and petition. Two separate things. Prayer, you're spending time just talking with him. You're communing with him. Hallelujah. This is relationship oriented. Don't you know a certain peace comes when you're just sitting with the Lord, talking to him, and he's talking to you. You're feeding on him. Hallelujah. You're basking in his glory. It's just you and him in the cool of the day or in your bedroom or in your bathroom. You're talking to the Lord. Oh, and things begin to melt away. Prayer. And then he says, petition. After we've communed together, after we've loved on each other, now tell me about the problem. Are you, are you getting that? You commune with him, then make a definite petition. And then it says, with thanksgiving. So while you're in prayer, when you're coming out of prayer, begin to thank the Lord for the answer. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for the finances. Thank you, Lord God, for healing for my body. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You're beginning to thank him because you just met with the king of glory. And you believe that your encounter with him uh, is going to be profitable. Amen. Now, uh, you can also make a note of this or, or turn with me to Isaiah 26. Isaiah 26 Verse 2 through 4. Listen to what it says here on the King James Version. Isaiah 26, verse 2, 3 and 4. It says, Open ye the gates uh, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. I love that. God says, Open the gates that the righteous nation, we are that nation. Hallelujah. We're that nation. He said, uh, that the righteous nation which keepeth the truth may enter in. What's the truth? The Lord Jesus said, my word. He said, that's truth, right? His word is true. We keep his word. The Lord said simply, the gates will be open unto you. The gates will be open unto you. As we are in Jesus Christ, obviously, that's only way we're going to be righteous in the sight of God for our, for our own righteousness is as filthy rags. And uh, we keep his truth. Then verse number three says, thou shalt keep him. Say him. That's the person that's dwelling in righteousness and keeping the truth. He said, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on thee. 
Now we see another characteristic. One, he's dwelling in righteousness. He's keeping the truth. That is, he's keeping the word of God. And he's keeping his mind stayed on the Lord. God said, I will keep him. I will keep her in perfect peace, in a state of perfect peace. That is complete peace. Nothing missing, nothing broken. Hallelujah. All right. Now, as we close, I want to show you uh, four scriptures. Uh, they're all in the book of Matthew. So you can turn your Bibles to the book of Matthew, the uh, the sixth chapter. We'll start there. Matthew six. Matthew six. I want to show you this because the Lord deals with what's called little faith four times in the book of Matthew. And it all really relates to our peace. It relates to storms. It relates to lack and things not going very well in the natural. And the Lord tells us, he asks us four questions in these uh, verses of scripture. Well, right here in Matthew, the sixth chapter, verse 30, as the Lord begins to uh, talk to the people about their needs, they're worried about what they're going to eat and what they're going to drink and what they're going to put on. They were worrying about their basic necessities. Anybody ever have worry about your basic necessities? Wondering where money is going to come from or wondering what you're going to do? Well, the Lord talks about that in uh, verse number 30. Are you all still with me tonight? Matthew 6, chapter verse 30. The Lord says, Wherefore, if God so clothe the grass of the field, which today is, and tomorrow is cast into the oven. Here's the question. Shall he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? That's the first question. Shall he not much more clothe you? Shall he not much more clothe you? The question is, uh, here's something that disrupts our peace. When we see God doing it for others, but will God do it for you? We see God delivering others. We hear about their testimony. And some of us ask, Lord, well, when, when is my turn? When, when is my time? Are you going to do it for me? Here's another indication that our peace is being disrupted. When we ask that question, Lord, what about me? What about me? What about me? The Lord says, shall he not much more clothe you? He said he's going to work with you. But don't uh, here again. Here's, we got to uh, guard ourselves from that fear that the Lord can do it for others, but he won't do it for us. Won't he do it for you? The Lord said, won't he do it for you? Won't he bring you out? The answer to that question, to that question is yes, he will. Say with me, yes, he will. Yes, he will deliver me. Okay, so we're going to have to have confidence in that. In Matthew 8, verse 26, just a couple of chapters over, uh, the Lord was there on the ship, and the boat was a rocking and a reeling and the disciples were with him. But the Lord Jesus was asleep in the bow of the ship in perfect peace in the midst of a storm. Well, the disciples thought that they were all going to die. And one of them went to Jesus and said and woke him up and said, Lord, don't you care that we're going to perish? They were so upset. And the Lord says in verse and the Lord says in verse 26, and he said unto them, uh, why are ye fearful, O ye of little faith? Then he arose and rebuked the winds 
and the sea, and there was a great calm. Here's a good indication about what the Lord did here, and it's a very wise saying, and it is very true. You cannot give away something that you do not have. Because the Lord was in perfect peace, he could rise and speak perfect peace. But the disciples couldn't speak perfect peace because their life was just as tormenting as the storm was. The storm caused them to lose their peace. Their heart was now in the condition of the storm, tormented. But the Lord asked them a question. He says, why are you so fearful? Notice he did not say, why did y'all wake me up? As some of us would, as we're having a good sleep. Why did you wake me up? No, he said, why are you fearful? That is, why are you full of fear? Fearful, full of fear. Where did this come from? I was with you in the midst of the storm. Why are you fearful? God said, I'm here with you. We're riding together. You're on the boat with me. You're on my assignment. You're on a mission that I told you to come on. Well, you're here in danger because of me. You're here in danger because you are following what I said. Why are you fearful? Why are you fearful? You're not out there. Uh, or, uh, I can hear you know say that you're not out here on the boat by yourself. You're not in disobedience somewhere, going off to some club somewhere. Oh, I'm going to leave Jesus for a minute. He's over there ministering to the people. Come on, boys. Let's go to the club. He won't miss us. And we're going to go over here. Some of y'all know what I'm talking about. Getting a lot of trouble being places where we don't need to be. Praise the Lord. But no, they were in a storm. Their life, their home ministry was in a storm because they were doing what Jesus wanted them to do. And the great storm came and they thought they were going to lose everything, lose their lives. And Jesus woke up as they woke him up. And he asked him a question. Why are you afraid? Don't you know I'm right here? And if they were all to perish, don't you know they'd be with him up there? But the Lord was on a mission. He wasn't going to perish, but they weren't going to perish. You can't kill God. Are you with me? Say with me, this storm will not kill me. Are you with me? All right. So he asked the question, why are you so fearful? Why are you fearful, oh, you of little faith? Why, why do they have little faith? Because they're looking at stuff and not looking at the word. Are you with me? Matthew 14. Let's look at another case here. Matthew 14. And uh, here, of course, is, is another storm. And, and the disciples are there on a boat and... But Jesus is not with them. They're not in sin, but he is not with them. He actually sent them away to the other side while he, uh, while he dealt with the people and went to the mountain to pray. Well, in the middle of the night, they were rowing, and there was a bad storm, and Jesus comes to them walking on the midst of the sea. He is actually walking on water. They see him, and, oh, they cried out for fear, supposing that he was a ghost. And Jesus said, hey, boys, be not afraid. It's me. It is I. Jesus, the real Superman. Are you with me? 
they see him. And Peter said, Lord, if that's you, if that's really you, then bid me come to you on the water. Jesus said, all right, come on the water. And Peter begins to go out on the water and begins to what? He begins to sink. We take up here in verse 34, rather verse 31 of Matthew 14, verse 31 says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. Here comes the question. Wherefore didst thou doubt? Now the word wherefore in the Greek means who it can be trans- can, it can be translated who, which, and what. So we could actually say here, who made you doubt? Or what made you doubt? Or which one of these made you doubt? What entered into your heart to make make you doubt my word? Now, Peter was standing on the word. He was on the word. So see this as a believer walking on the word of God, doing the impossible. But he takes his eyes off of Jesus and puts his eyes on what's going on around. So many bills, so many concerns, family acting all crazy, people acting all crazy, the job is crazy. You take your eyes off of the word of God, off of his presence, off of church or what have you, and you're now on all these other things, and you begin to sink. And Jesus says, what calls you to doubt? Or who calls you to doubt? Who got your attention? Or what got your attention that will make you doubt what I've told you? Can you see that? This is how these are some darts that will affect your heart. Because people can say, man, I don't know if I were you, I'd be scared. Really? Yeah. Then you hear they're going to close that plant. Really? Man, shh, I'd be trying to go out and find a job. I ain't talking about no Jesus thing. But you know what I'm saying? I'd be trying to do this and that if I were you. Who made you doubt? You were standing on my word. Who made you doubt? What made you doubt? I saw the news last night. They said that they said this, that, and the other. Fear, fear. What made you doubt? Keep your eyes on me, the Lord says. Are you with me? And last, in, in Matthew, the 16th chapter, still in the book of Matthew, Matthew 16, verse number 8. The Lord Jesus was telling his, uh, here the Lord was telling his disciples about the 11 of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Telling them, telling them to watch out. The book of Luke says 11 of the Pharisees and Sadducees uh, is their hypocrisy. They do things with two faces. They got another motive, another intention about what they're telling you. Their motive is not pure. They're hypocrites. He said, beware of their teaching. Beware of the teaching, the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees. Meanwhile, when the Lord said leaven, the disciples thought the Lord was talking to them about bread. None of them had remembered to bring bring bread on their journey. Well, this was a big deal, of course. They're out walking in the middle of the woods in the desert. And contrary to popular belief, there were no Walmarts in Bible time. There were no 7-Elevens. There were no corner stores. Once you're out in the woods, you're in the woods. They didn't even have cell phones, iPods, or droids. Can you believe that? Or iPhones. They didn't have any of that stuff. So once you get out in the woods, you're out in the woods. And the disciples had forgotten to take 
bread, forgotten to take a snack, something to knack on. Are you with me? They've forgotten to take it. Now, the Lord, when he said, beware the leaven of the Pharisees and Sadducees, was not talking to them about bread that they forgot to take. He wasn't concerned about that. He corrected that also and said, boys, don't you remember how I multiplied the fishes and the loaves and 4,000 and 5,000 were fed? I can take care of this little situation too. I wasn't talking to you about what we're going to eat. He said, I was trying to tell you to watch out for the teachings of hypocrisy coming from the Pharisees and Sadducees. But listen, uh, after the Lord, uh, as they were going through this whole debate, we go in here to write num- to verse number uh, eight of Matthew 16 chapter. You can read the rest when you go home. It says, uh, which one Jesus perceived. Uh, OK, he mentioned about uh, leaven and they thought he was talking about bread. And uh, but the Lord said, which one he uh, perceived. He said unto them, O ye of little faith, why reason ye among yourselves? Because ye have brought no bread. Here's another peace stealer here. Something else that will rob your heart and destroy your peace when things go bad because you didn't do something or because somebody else failed to do something. And we begin to reason. Now, the Bible says reason here in the King James and reason uh, can be uh, also translated out of the Greek. It can be translated to debate. So they were arguing one with another. I can see them arguing who was supposed to bring the bread. I can see one. I can see Matthew, uh, Elbow, and Peter. Man, it was your turn. You should both brought the bread. No, it wasn't me. No, it wasn't me. It was Mark. Mark. No, man. It was, I brought it at Caesarea Philippi. I remember the day and the time. No, it was Bartholomew. No, it wasn't Judas. It was your turn. So they were having this debate and arguing back here, stealing their peace. All right behind Jesus. They're walking with Jesus and arguing at the same time. Can you believe the church does that? Walking with Jesus and arguing with one another. But when Jesus perceives it, turns and says to you, oh, ye of little faith. Yes, I know that you haven't made all the right decisions in your ministry, in your business, in your home. But don't you know that I am the source of all miracles? I can still handle the situation when you have not. Hear the voice of the Lord. Hear the voice of the Lord. When you're on a mission serving him, he is still the God of the impossible. And he can still make it rain. He can still answer the need. He is still your shepherd and you shall not want. He is still the one that can rain down manna and quail in the middle of nowhere and confound the wise. He is still God. And when you haven't, rest assured, he already has. He's already provided a way of escape, even in the midst of a great turmoil and and temptation. He already has made a way for you. All we have to do is cooperate. Just do what he says. Be obedient. Follow his instructions. And we will see the glory of God unfold like we've never seen it before. I pray you've heard the word of God tonight. If you have, give the Lord a mighty Well, those of you that are here tonight and those of you that are listening by way of CD, if you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior of your life, we're going to say this short prayer together. 
And I pray that if you pray this prayer sincerely, the Lord will hear you and he will answer you. So if everybody here, would you, would you stand with us at this time? And we're going to invite our Savior in our hearts because he loves us. And he is not here to condemn us. He's not here to embarrass us. He loves you. He loves you. And he does not want distance to be between you. So, would you repeat with me? Would you pray with me? And just say, Father, I come to you admitting that I have done wrong. I have sinned and I have fallen short of your glory. But I've heard that you're a loving God and that you will forgive me. So now I ask you to forgive me of all my sins. And I confess Jesus as my master, my Lord, and as my Savior. Come into my heart, Lord Jesus. Live in me. I accept you. And I thank you for accepting me. Now fill me with your precious spirit. I thank you, Father, for saving me. In Jesus' name. Amen. Remember, if you would like to hear more about our ministry, just log on to KingdomRock.org. That's KingdomRock.org.